2: 9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling Text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Barnhart.
0: And good morning, everybody. Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts. Great to have you with us here as we hit Thursday during the course of this week in the middle of July. It is uh, July the 14th of the year 2022. So glad you're with us. However, wherever you might be listening today as we uh, join you here up until 11 o'clock. We're going to start here after the quick break with uh, Dustin Harmon, Champaign County Sheriff. who will talk about the recent closing of the Champaign County Jail. The uh, special use permit that was just uh, approved by the Urbana City Council in a close vote. For uh, renovations at the Satellite Jail, they've moved a lot of uh, inmates from the county jail to different locales. We'll find out about that. And also there was a Champaign County uh, Community Coalition met yesterday over in Urbana. And some good news on the front as far as uh, shots fired, violence, uh, deaths in the uh, community from uh, guns. Here in the uh, last year, in the, at least the first half of this year, year to year, if you're comparing numbers. So we'll touch on that with Dustin Harmon. Then we'll open up the phone lines and the text lines, those are always open, and uh, the email bag as well. And we'll continue up until 11 o'clock with that here today on Penny for Your Thoughts. Coming up uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll have some open line time. Monday, we've got Paul Barrett, publisher of the News Gazette. Then next week, uh, Tom Bruno, Julia Reitz, and Urbana Mayor Diane Marlin all with us during the course of the next week. We'll throw Jim Dye in there somewhere as well next week. So we've got a busy time ahead. We've got a busy day today. We'll talk to Dustin Harmon, Champaign County Sheriff, next. Don, a penny for your thoughts. All right, we're back. Penny for your thoughts. Here as we go along on this Thursday and uh, we're pleased to be joined again by the Champaign County Sheriff Dustin Harmon. We've had him in here before and uh, got you know a lot of news that has happened here in the last couple of weeks. So good to see you, sir.
1: Good morning, Brian. Good to be yeah, here. Thanks. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great. It's good. a beautiful morning. It's
1: been a great week. We're yeah. we're progressing uh well.
0: Good. Well, you got some good news uh, yesterday. We'll get to the jail here in a moment, but uh, the Champaign County Community Coalition, I know a lot of effort's been put your department, Champaign-Urbana Police, the new uh, police chief, um, other folks in the community. And uh, so far, it looks like the numbers are, are pretty good, uh, about half, I guess down half, uh, shots fired. you probably got more specific things, but overall, throughout both cities and the county. Sure. So, you know, listening to both police chiefs talk yesterday,
1: um, we're all down about 50. We were actually competing with each other, saying, well, I'm down 53%, you know, to beat Urbana's 52%. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's just... It's excellent news because it shows that our efforts are, are working and, and hopefully we stay that way. You know, last year at this time, we had nine shooting incidents for the, for the county jurisdiction. This year mm-hmm. we have four. None of them have been, uh, resulting in injury. All have just been property damage. And although four is too many, it could be four with injuries or four with four homicides
0: or something like that. And so we're doing really well this year. Mm-hmm. And I think it was uh, 50, this is from January 1 to July 11, uh, Champaign police reported a 51% decrease, as you mentioned, in confirmed shootings in Urbana, near 52%. And uh, last month, also a particular drop in gun incidents, only one confirmed shooting in Urbana this June, 29 days elapsed until the next one on July 5. So we got to stay vigilant, but uh, is there any secret to it, other than just hard work and... You, you know, there's not, and I've, you know, I've told you before, and I,
1: I'm pretty verbal about it in the community is it takes a dual approach. So we're working behind the scenes, trying to make sure that, that shooting incidents don't happen in the first place. But my deputies are out hitting it hard, and they are, you know, stopping vehicles, and I know the other officers in the county are as well, stopping vehicles, trying to get any illegally possessed firearms off the street. And so that dual approach is really, obviously, we're seeing some results from that.
0: Yeah. And I know you've uh, met the new chief. I have champagne.
1: He's a great guy. I tell you what, I spent about an hour with him in my office and afterwards I felt like we were best friends. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is just anybody who has met him will probably agree that he is just uh, very personable and, and you can really, uh, you know, really have some quality conversation with
0: him. I know Urbana's kind of an interim situation too right now, right?
1: Yep. And you know, the good thing is, is we worked or I worked with, uh, interim chief Searles when Bryant was the chief as Mm -hmm. well and not in the same capacity. And so that was a pretty easy transition so far.
0: Well, let's talk about the jail. Uh, you closed it down. I did. Uh, what, uh, what, what was that like, I guess? <laughs> I, I know we've been talking about the jail for 20 plus years, but, uh. You know, um, this is, you know,
1: Sheriff Walsh and I both had really been proponents of closing the downtown jail. You know, we work in that environment every day. Um, last year, I tried the county board approved some funding for out of county. Um, we tried to close the jail at that point in time and then we had an increase in inmate population and it didn't make sense to have a empty facility whenever we were housing out of county. Mm-hmm. Uh, cost me about $60 a day to house out of county, uh, for an inmate. And so, um, you know, at, at this point, we've just had so many safety and security concerns in the downtown jail and that, being aggravated by a, a shortage in staff just made it unreasonable to continue operating the downtown jail. And that's one of the things that I can do is I worked with the county board because I need the money to be able to do that things. But I have the authority to close the downtown jail. And it was just time. And I'll tell you what, I have not talked to a single person um, in the three and a half years I've been sheriff that doesn't agree that the downtown jail needed to be closed. It's the where we go forward that's always been the controversial part of it. And so I think a lot of people are relieved that the downtown jail
0: is finally closed. Well, I know it had gotten uh, deteriorated, I guess. It was just outdated, right? We've talked about that before.
1: Yep. You know, uh, unfortunately, the county is is notorious for not for not keeping their infrastructure up. And after a certain point, uh you know, the the downtown jail was built with a different correctional philosophy in mind. The downtown jail had gotten so deteriorated that it would cost more to bring it back up to code, back up to safety and security standards than it would have been to just simply close it and then consolidate onto the onto the satellite.
0: Mhm. With uh, the sheriff here of Champaign County, Dustin Harmon. So you said it was $60 a day per inmate.
1: $60 an an inmate per day. And each sheriff. To house them somewhere else. Correct. Each sheriff can actually charge what they would like to charge me for it. So, you know, we were housing in DeWitt County for quite a while before they had a uh, staffing shortage, and they were charging $45 a day. But unlike me, who has to accept inmates who are remanded to my custody, another sheriff does not have to accept my inmates. And so that's part of the struggle is finding a sheriff that is willing to accept inmates that are more violent and have more mental health issues than ever before, willing to take on that responsibility for another sheriff. So, where do you send them? So, the majority of them are in Kankakee County right now. Okay. So, I have a good relationship with Sheriff Downey up there. And, uh, and you know, it is best for my staff, for attorneys, for everybody, if we have as few locations as possible. So, Kankakee is a little bit further away than we would like. However, that's the closest one we could get the majority of the in- inmates at. And so, um, that is that is our goal. And then if they can't take any inmates, we have an agreement with Macon County to take some inmates as well. But Kankakee is our preferred right now.
0: So what happens on a day they need to appear in court? Are they doing it remotely? Do they have to take them from... Kankakee or somewhere else? We do remote hearings when possible.
1: Um, Of course, that takes a lot of cooperation from attorneys and judges and inmates and everything like that, and that can get a little bit complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I have three full-time transport team members uh, through corrections that will go almost daily up to Kankakee, pick up people to bring them down to the Champaign County Courthouse, and then they'll take them back.
0: Mm. Champaign County Sheriff Dustin Harmon is with us. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with some more thoughts on what happens now with a satellite jail, and are we going to get a new jail, or what happens in the future? We'll do that next. As we continue here on A Penny for Your Thoughts, visiting with Champaign County Sheriff Dustin Harmon here. We's, he's got a meeting at 10 o'clock uh, coming up across town, so we don't want to keep him too long, but uh, we do. A, well, you're heading the meeting, so... <laughs> Uh, but it's good to have you here with us talking about the uh, the good crime numbers that were, were down. We talked about that off the top and the closing of the Champaign County Jail. Uh, now now what, I guess, with the satellite jail? Uh, you got the special use permit. Uh, it was a close vote. I don't know. It probably surprised some people it was that close, but you got it done anyway. So We did.
1: So the Urbana City Council um, did approve the special use permit that, was required to consolidate into the uh, the current satellite jail. I guess it's now the Champaign County Jail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we have been working on, even for the last two years or so, we have been working on plans for this consolidation, ever since the county board um, really started saying we need to do something, they've gotten involved. They they formed a committee. They really looked at this, and then we finally approved a plan. And I'll uh, you know I'll be the first to admit that it was not a perfect plan by any means. If we had the same amount of inmates right now that we do when the consolidation opens, we're likely still housing a little bit out of county. Um, but on the other hand, you know we have taken at least in since 2013, have taken all the community conversation and have taken all of the studies that have been commissioned and all of those things and wrapped them in to a facility that will better provide for the needs of the inmates, that will make a safer environment for uh, my correctional officers, and will really, you know, the, the way I put it is, is I do not have a choice whether an inmate is remanded in my custody or not. Mm-hmm. We have an obligation. To make sure we take care of those inmates while they 're in our custody, if nothing else you know i know I know this can be really controversial. Some people think we should just throw inmates in, in jail and and let them do the time, others think we should provide really good for their needs and and if nothing else. If a lawsuit a lawsuit could cause the county millions of dollars, and so it is our obligation to make sure the employees that we have working in that environment are in a safe environment. The inmates we're charged with constitutionally protecting are protected um, and really uh you know I'm meeting my statutory obligations under the law, and those are spelled out pretty clearly, and this will help us do that
0: whenever we rebuild, there's always this discussion whenever we rebuilt the uh, state farm center renovated it. There's always the argument: you've got a building. Should we just build a new one, or renovate the old one? Is was there, there anything that could have been done, or with the old jail that I mean, would have cost more to repair it? Yeah, you, you know, um, it is
1: my opinion, and and talking with the facilities director and things over the last couple of years, the downtown facility is just too far gone to really invest money in in what we need to do. So this consolidation is really um, the way moving forward. It will provide that space that is, is conducive to programs, to, to inmate behavior. You know, one of the biggest issues we have right now is a lot of inmates can't be around each other. And that's why we're housing out of county. You know, we could, if we had perfect inmates, I think I have 146 in the satellite jail today. Mm-hmm. If we had perfect inmates, we could house a lot more than that in the satellite jail. Unfortunately, with behavioral issues and things like that, inmates get in fights if they're around each other. And so that's why it's so important that we have better space, and that's what the,
0: the consolidation will do. Yeah. Could you see one day where there's a brand-new jail somewhere? I mean, or is is this going to be it for a while? In Champaign County, yeah. I can't see that
1: that there will ever be a brand-new jail anywhere. We will okay. likely do some renovations to the current uh, facility as well. Um, uh in, in the future, but but this consolidation is probably going to be around,
0: I would say, for at least 30 to 50 years. Okay. How, uh, when was the satellite, now the county jail built, the, uh, the one you've been using? The now. one, so, the, the, the current, that one you've consolidated into.
1: Okay, so the satellite jail, I believe, was 96. Okay. So that was built in 96. The downtown jail was built in 79 and 80. Okay. Um, and so, you know, if you think about building-wise, uh, it's really not a whole whole long-term that those buildings have been in use.
0: Right. So. All right. Uh, let's see. A couple of texts here. Our junior high class toured the old, old jail and it was sobering. After 100 years, they built the new, old county jail. Were the problems there? One, bad design with steps, for construction due to less than stellar contractors, or miserable upkeep by the county board, or all of the above? Somebody wants to know. Um, I don't know. Probably a combination of factors in that regard with the, the old one.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's difficult to say because I have not been in all of those conversations that led to the mm-hmm. the conditions we're in now but a variety of different things have led to the to the conditions there.
0: Question about license plate readers while well, we've got you here. Good morning guys. Do you think the license plate readers are making a big difference in Champaign County?
1: So I don't have any stats in front of me to back that up but I do believe that they are because it is almost daily where I see an email come across that says we had a certain uh, fence committed in a certain area. We've checked the license plate readers to see if we can get a better description of that vehicle that was involved. Cause a lot of times we have a vehicle description. We have a time frame. We have a day. We just don't have any identifying information. And that's where those license plate readers really come in handy. And, and you know, we're not actively looking at those, but we go back and we, we type in that description, that time frame, and they have really been instrumental in helping our investigators get more information to go forward in that investigation
0: another text that came in early uh during transport of an inmate for a longer distance does that add more danger to the public have you ever had an inmate get away
1: so i'm not aware of any inmate that's ever gotten away um of course you know with classification if we have you know 10 inmates that can't be around each other. We're not going to transport them in the same van for an example. And so there's always, you know, I mean, think about if you take a family trip and you're on a, you know, and you get antsy inside your vehicle and things, you got to get out and walk around a little bit and things. Well, we're not going to let the inmates out just to walk around. And, and so any long-term transports, we usually contract those out, but we will take uh, a few hour transports and, and, you know, inmates get antsy. And so I'm not aware of any inmates that have ever gotten away or any, uh, major incidents that have happened, uh, um, but it's very comparable to you know taking yeah. a family trip and being stuck in your car for an extended amount of time
0: and uh, Dustin mentioned earlier about bringing people from Kankakee if you need to if you need to bring them down here so the price of gas i mean you talk about the cost per inmate but not yeah. having close by is that can be a problem too i would think in that area oh absolutely you know my average and this is including patrol
1: and corrections but my average gas bill is about $18,000 a month Last month it was about twenty seven thousand dollars a month, um, and so gas everywhere is just really ca- causing us uh, some operational issues. But there's no, I mean, you know, we we have
0: a job to do, and we've got to continue to do that job. So you're down corrections officers. I know you're looking for some. Um, we we you, are. are you, how how is that going? I guess. Still, still looking, I assume. (laughs) We are.
1: Um, so, you know, the, one of the issues is, is we've never had a really robust corrections list to choose from. And so when we see an increased number of people leaving, which we have in the last year or two, when we see an increased number of people leaving, there are fewer people to draw from to try to get them in. You know, we want quality candidates too. We don't want to just pick anybody who comes in and wants a job because, you know, it's a very ethical profession, a very professional profession. And, uh, and we need to make sure we maintain that as well. And so one thing we are doing though is, is for uh, laterals. So we would consider somebody with a year or more of full-time correctional officer experience in the state of Illinois. If they come to us as a lateral correctional officer right now, they're eligible for a $5,000 sign-on bonus. And they can also, we just reached an agreement with the FOP union, that they can come in with their years of full-time service at the sal- salary level, up to uh, year five. And so if somebody, let's say, for an example, worked for Moultrie County for three years as a full-time correctional officer, and I'm not trying to share, I'm not trying to steal Sheriff <laughs> Simms' <as> correctional officers, <laughs> but if somebody came in there, they could potentially start at a three-year salary scale with a $5,000 sign-on bonus, okay. and that may be a little bit better financially for them to make that move. Mm-hmm.
0: Again, visiting with Champaign County Sheriff Dustin Harmon for a couple of more minutes as we talk about the closing of the old county jail and uh, now the additions at the new well it's the newer one at the satellite jail what was the satellite jail so what specifically is being done at the to create more space or whatever at the new jail sure the so jail?
1: the satellite jail plans and we've we've actually spent a lot of time over the last year working on these plans there will be two uh new pods that go in there okay. and and one of these will be uh single housing pods and what that means is now you may have an inmate that's in a pod that holds 20 well if we if if Five of those inmates then can't be around anybody else. They may be able to be around each other but not around anyone else. you got five inmates taking up a space that's made for 20. And so these pods will really allow that those five inmates to be uh, segregated and be around each other but not take up a space where there's extra housing there that's just not being used. That's really a big issue that we have here is that manageable space that's more conducive to what we're trying to do.
0: So how long will that take to get that done?
1: We're estimating that that the build should be finished in uh, the middle of 2024 if everything stays on track right now.
0: Yeah, and I I think I've asked you this before, Dustin. What's the turnover, I mean, as far as – I know some inmates stay longer than others, but a lot of – it's more of a processing, I think you've told me, uh, for court cases and so forth. Do you have a complete turnover of inmates on a regular basis or – so we are seeing inmates staying longer
1: in our custody. Uh, quite honestly, and I don't have the stats right in front of me, but quite honestly, I believe the average length of stay for a non-sentenced inmate is about 18 days. Now, that is completely skewed by inmates who are in there for 200 and some days versus okay. the inmates that are only in there for one day because they go to arraignment, they get out, you know what I mean? And yeah. so it, it doesn't mean that the majority of inmates are in there for 18 days, but our average is about 18 day stay in the mm-hmm. Champaign
0: County Jail. Hmm. So it turns over a bit. It does. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dustin, I know you've got to get to a meeting, but uh, I appreciate you coming in on I short notice and talking about all this. Good luck with everything. Thank you very that's much. It's happening, Ron. and uh, appreciate all the good work you do. Thank you very much. Very I appreciate it. All right, Dustin Harmon, Champaign County Sheriff. Uh, let me get a break in. We'll come back. We've got some news headlines coming up here, and then we'll do some open line the rest of the time on Penny. 930 at the uh, bottom of the hour here on a penny for your thoughts. Gallo Miller paint and collision repair. You've heard me talk about them for a long time, and I know Jim talked about them for many years before. They're on the south side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exits. You can go to gallomiller.com, gallomiller.com, and some of the comments you hear from folks. Top quality, good job, excellent appearance of your building, extremely polite. You're great guys, overall great experience. I couldn't have asked for anything more. And basically, when you've had an accident or something's happened to your car, A, it's never a good time for it to happen, right? Never a good time. I mean, it's like this is the last thing I need right now is, a, is an accident. It's like not now. And there never is a good time. But uh, they make that whole process of getting through the insurance and you know, Getting over the stress of everything, helping get the rental car and taking care of your claim and getting it back to factory safety uh, specifications, all of that, they just make it a very smooth process. So hope you'll, uh, if you need them, they hope you don't, but if you do, we hope you'll give them a call and uh, take our recommendation on that. Gallo-Miller, south side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exits. You can go to gallo if you'd like to check out all the things that they offer. at News Talk 1400, DWS. We'll get a news update in here from CBS, and then we'll come back with some open line time here on a penny for your thoughts. But first, the latest from the folks at CBS. 70 degrees at 934, headed for a high of 85 today. We got a little rain in uh, Muhammad yesterday. I don't know if we got a little bit here. I mean, it rained hard for a few minutes. So that was good. Hopefully it'll green everything up a little bit. Good to have you with us on a uh, penny for your thoughts here today. We had uh, Champaign County Sheriff Dustin Harmon on to uh, start the show today, visiting with you the rest of the way. And I believe Chapin Rose is on the line. Yes, sir. How are you? <laughs> hey, Brian, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> Good. Did you get some rain last night? I did.
3: Well, it, yeah. Um, believe it or not, we're actually out of town today, so oh, okay. I'm not sure what happened last okay. night. Okay. All but, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, uh, thanks for the, the double dose here. I, I called in this morning and apparently took my beef to the to the wrong radio program. <laughs> so I wanted to respond to um County Clerk Aaron Ammons you know, penny conversation earlier this week. And first of all, I, I think it's unfortunate. I, I think that the caller characterized my comments as, as saying Aaron was cheating. I don't think I ever said that. What I said was that on election uh, that Sunday, in a Muhammad which had a bond referendum, which is always the most hotly contested election you can have, turnout was very high in three of the five Mohammed precincts, which would be consistent with with uh, you know a bond referendum. And then in two precincts, uh, three and four, the numbers, you know, the turnout wasn't high at all. And, and it, you said to yourself, well, that just doesn't make sense. I mean, they're subject to the same bond referendum. And if, if everybody's running in the 40% range of turnout, suddenly they have two precincts in the low twenties. That just doesn't make sense. And sure enough, uh, when our County Republican chairman, you know, went to the clerk's office uh, on Wednesday after the election, said so what's going on here, sure enough, they actually had forgotten the memory stick that contains the votes. So when you put your your ballot through the machine, it's counted in a memory stick, and they left the memory stick apparently at Lake of the Woods. Well, that was the story, and then apparently somebody went and retrieved the memory stick the next day, and sure enough, once they uploaded the, the Election Day votes from the memory stick – all of a sudden you know the total number of votes went up in both precincts the turnout increased in both precincts etc so one i was right in my assumption and my assessment that something wasn't right in the numbers on election night okay mm-hmm. so i was right about that but the bigger problem brian is just this 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 every time we have one of these this kind of diminishment of of things that go wrong right and it it's it, it's not you know look everybody makes mistakes uh everybody But, you know, when you make a mistake, you get to say, okay, here's the problem we had and here's what we're doing to fix it next time. And, you know, County Clerk Ammons was put on some kind of heightened scrutiny by the state board of elections, which I don't even know what that means. But he had some kind of official letter sent to him from his conduct in previous elections, you know, about putting placing him on heightened scrutiny for his, you know, uh, for the way he runs elections. And then this election, we had this thing where the memory stick was left at the polling place. Apparently, well, he says it was left at the polling place overnight, and it had to be retrieved later, which I think is a problem. But but the other thing here is, and I'm going to read this. Look, I, I, Brian, I, I've, I've got 10 counties I represent. I have nine counties where I don't get complaints on a regular basis about how they run their elections. Democrat, Republican, whatever, the county clerks are all different, but I don't get complaints from constituents about how their county elections run. Here's a complaint from a constituent, not from me, Chapin Rose politician, but just Joe Blow citizen. I'm gonna read it directly. Good morning, I'm Ryan today with my frustration of my election day experience. I vote in Champaign County, and today was the first, was not the first election, whereas I'm able, able to vote at 6 a.m. before work due to technical difficulties with the computers at the polling, election, at the polling location. I waited for 40 minutes before they were sent the correct software pr- to print this morning's ballots. In this time, I watched mothers and working class people have to leave with no opportunity to vote because they had to get to work or their kids off to daycare. I myself, again, this isn't and Rose, this is a constituent. I myself was late to work just so I could exercise my right to vote. Okay, I'm gonna stop there. Late to work just so they could exercise their right to vote. Thomas Burrow had the same problem, I and mean, there were multiple locations throughout the county. And Aaron, you know, says to you, it was interesting how he just sort of diminished the whole problem. You said, you know, they didn't have enough ballots. So well, I don't know what you're talking about, Brian. We don't use ballots anymore. We, we print them on Election Day. Yeah, the point was that they couldn't print them, okay? Mm-hmm. That whatever went wrong in multiple locations that morning, they couldn't print the ballots. So in a sense, they ran out of ballots, okay? Now, that might not have been a technically correct way to phrase it from your from your listeners, but that's what they were getting at, is people showed up to vote at 6 a.m., and they weren't able to vote when they went there to vote. And, you know, who cares about how, you know, oh, you can come in early or do this or do that. It's election day, not the last day to vote. It is election day. In election day, the polls should open at 6 a.m., and they should close at 7 p.m., and everybody who wants to vote in between should be allowed to vote. You shouldn't have people having to go, you know, come back later, and who knows if these people did come back later, or this man who was late to work, just so he could exercise his, his constitutional duty. And, you know, again, the issue here isn't to accuse or argue or point out who's right or who's wrong. The issue is just to fix it. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't work, so show up and instead of give this, you know, glowing, oh, look at how great we are account, say, hey, you know, we took an assessment of what worked right and what didn't work right. Here's what didn't work right. Here's what we're going to do to fix it next time. Okay. Great. That's what other counties do. And that's why other counties, I don't get complaints on a regular basis.
0: Uh, with us, uh, Chapin Rose calling in today, talking about uh, we had Aaron Ammons on earlier in the week. Yeah, and I, it's one of those things where, um, you know, that's where I got confused, too, was I didn't know if there were just ballots ready to go and they had a stack and here they here's your ballot. I didn't realize it was you print them then and i guess it, what you're talking about was that's where the confusion came in for me was oh yeah they're printing them on the spot uh, but you're and saying obviously but they weren't print. ready to print and that's the problem so it's the same end result it's just a matter how you got there Correct. <laughs> basically the same end
4: result
3: is yeah. denied you know denial of yeah. the ability to vote of to yeah. the franchise and, mm-hmm. and and that's just it i mean rather than this whole you say tomato i say tomato game You know, he knew damn well what you were getting at. Just say, well, Mm -hmm. we did have a couple problems at Precinct A and Precinct B, you know? Mm -hmm. And here's what we're going to do to make sure it doesn't happen next time. But it is, I mean, it is kind of amazing. And I'll say this, like every election I've ever been to, there's always been some amount of something somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Like, especially split, I remember in the old days, split precincts were notorious because um, maybe – Shane Coulter represented part of Newcomb Township and Jason Berickman represented another part of Newcomb Township or whatever it was, or I did, I don't know, whatever. But some citizen would be handed the wrong ballot because they lived on the wrong side of the split. Okay? There there's always been issues. But own up to the issue and fix it for the next time. That's how you get better. <laughs> you know, in in this sort of duplicitous, you know, talk around it, diminish it. Don't address it. I mean, he knew darn well what you were getting at when you see, the, you, know, you know, people don't have ballots. Well, of course, they. I mean, to the average citizen who shows up and says, give me my ballot and said, oh, we can't give you a ballot. What is that? They didn't have the ballots.
5: Yeah. Don't and pretend
3: it, that you, you sk- sneak out of it because it was a computer error that disallowed you to print the ballot. The real result for the citizen was they didn't get a ballot.
0: Yeah, and my thought is, and I think you'll agree with me on this. I mean, it's there are there's plenty of chances to vote. Certainly, you can vote early and whatever. But if people choose that's the day they want to vote, well, then they you know, <laughs> you know, you need to be ready for that. I think. I mean, right. that's you know, it shouldn't. Yep. Uh, that's their choice. You know, and we all it, used to it, do it. it we it, all used to do it that way. So
3: correct. And, and you know, the the other thing is, he says, well, you know, we've voted my own forever in this state. Well, no, hang on. We had absentee voting which if you were sick, out of state for work, you know, you, you applied for it. There was a very secure process to get your ballot sent to you absentee balloting, you know, and that was around and took care of those folks who, hey, for whatever reason, couldn't actually make it to a poll on Election Day, you know. But, um, you know, now we've got this, you know, huge kind of wide open system. But, but there's nothing more important than ballot integrity. And, um, you know, one of the things I do actually will find in common with Aaron is this notion that you can now vote um you know at any of the precincts like if you want if you work in Philo and uh work at the u of i going over your lunch hour and early voting at the at the u of i location i think that's a huge convenience as long as again the printers are actually working and the software is working and in this case on election day it wasn't it at more than one location mm. at more than one location you know this was not a confined incident to a single location and again this is coming from a guy who's already on heightened scrutiny from the Illinois State Board of Elections, which is a which is a bi, completely bipartisan organization. It's not Democrat or Republican. It's not. I mean, it's just nonpartisan, mm-hmm. right? They're just an election administrator. And so, um, you know, I, I wish it would just be, hey, yeah, here's what happened. These are the great things that we did, and here's a couple things that misfired. And this is what we're doing to make sure it doesn't happen yeah. again. And okay. I'm work.
0: And I'm working cool. on it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, um, cool. I get, mean, that's you, all the people are looking for.
0: You, Chapin Rose, you got time to take a call here? Sure. All right, you good? <laughs> that didn't sound too reassuring. No, uh, John. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, John. Yeah, Go ahead, you're on with Chapin.
6: Well, I wanted to talk about the integrity of the elections, and, and Mr. Ammons gets frustrated when anybody brings up his integrity, but we should not forget. Mr. Ammons is a former convicted felon who got a political pardon, And he's counting the votes in Champaign County, and he's always going to be under scrutiny for that, and it's only fair to scrutinize him. Um, I think that it's an important fact to remember.
3: So let me say one thing about – first, I'm not going to get into the, the past, other than to say he did get a pardon without even filling out the pardon paperwork, okay? The pardon was granted before, and then he was told, go fill out the application which is kind of amazing, all right? Other people standing a line trying to get a pardon went through the normal process, but he did not go through the normal process. And then once it was determined it was going to be granted, they said, oh, you better go fill out this paperwork. Mm. I think that's just ridiculous. And I think it's ridiculous for all the other people who had similar situations and were trying to go through the normal process to, to get a pardon. But that said, the issue here isn't, isn't – I, and I want to be clear. The caller had said that I described him as cheating. I didn't say that. I said there was an, there was a result in the election night counting of Muhammad that didn't make sense to me. Okay, and it didn't make and it turns as it turns out, I was right it, it, because it, mm-hmm. it didn't make sense.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, but you know, when you obfuscate and talk around and dance around, that's the issue where people say, "Wait a minute, what's going on here?" Hmm. You know. Um, just say, hey, we had X, Y, and Z places didn't open the ballots. And, and by the way, this this individual, I just read his, text, or his email to me, my constituent, he said this isn't the first time that he wasn't able to vote at 6 a.m. So, obviously, this has occurred more than once. And In fact, if you go through the track record, um, you know, it, it, it is. And here's the thing I will say for Aaron, and this is, Aaron's correct on this. All of this. Champaign County's elections, any of the other nine counties represent the entire state of Illinois, entire United States of America, doesn't work unless we have election judges who volunteer and show up on election day, okay? These are the citizens listening to this program right now. And, you know, I hear people all the time, you know, they're mad about this, they're mad about that. you got to, you know, A, take part in the process, but that's not just voting. Be an election judge. Show up, get trained. You know, take it, take it today, and go be an election judge to make sure that these things are done right. Ultimately, what what I end up having some amount of confidence in is at the end of the day that all the ballots are put in front of you know the citizens at the county clerk's office via you know party leadership and also via you know independent poll watchers to to watch and look at and uh, you know and 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 determine you know how things are coming in. But I will say this. Every year that goes by, and Aaron's right about this, it gets harder and harder and harder to find election judges. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening, you know, please contact your party's leadership. That would be your local precinct committee person for whatever party you are, your party chairman, or you can call the county clerk's office direct and sign up to be election judge because none of this works without the people on election day, you know, showing up, putting up the booths, and, and, you know, turning on the computers and printing the ballots.
0: Mm -hmm. Anything else, John? No, nope, that's good. All right, thank you, John. Appreciate your call. Um, I was going to ask you because you know this, Chayvan. The county clerk's job is is kind of a lightning rod job. Everybody's really scrutinizing you pretty close. I mean, when when Gordy Holton would do something, somebody would, well, he's just doing this or he's doing that. Or right. it it seems like it's a job that no matter you know, what you how perfect you try to be, people are going to accuse you of this or that or the other. But uh, I know what you're saying is is. Whoever has the job, Republican or Democrat, just be good at it, I guess, right? Is just
3: that- just, get be- just progress and get better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, again, I have ten counties. I have nine county clerks that run, both parties, that run elections, and I don't routinely get complaints. I mean, I, I have ten counties. I only have one county that's under heightened scrutiny from the only state board of elections, and it's this one, mm-hmm. you know? So, again, it, there's there's something here that just isn't working like it works elsewhere and and i think that really it's just the the irritation is when you go on the radio and somebody says you know you didn't have ballots he knew damn well what you were saying <laughs> but he didn't address the question right he took he took a you know he took a a, a dodge by well we, you know, we don't use ballots anymore i don't know what they're talking about well <laughs> but you couldn't print them that morning you know so just just say, yeah, polls, we had a problem with this and this, and here's why, and this is what we're going to do to fix it. Okay,
0: cool. All right, Chapin. Hey, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Yep, and have a great day. Uh, have a great day. Appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. S- thank see you, you later. Yep, uh, State Senator Chapin Rose. There you go. Uh, 949 at the DWS on a penny for your thoughts. Uh, hi, Brian. I choose to vote, a listener says, on the day of the election in case there's late breaking news about a particular candidate. I'd be very disappointed if I voted early and found out information that changed my opinion before Election Day. And that's one thing my my wife has pointed out um, in regards to that because that's what she asks is what happens if I find out something, you know, a few days before. And so that's why I uh, prefer to wait uh, till later. Alright, uh nine fifty at DWS on a penny for your th- thoughts, and we'll have more for you in just a moment.
4: Her hair is hollow, gold, her lips sweet surprise. Her hands are never cold. She's got better days
0: besides your turn of music on nine fifty-three. On a uh, penny for your thoughts, my wife and I just watched uh, Death on the Nile, the newest version of that. There's another version from, I think, 1979. We actually watched them both just to kind of compare, as it turned out. We saw the newer one first. Uh, Gal Gadot was in that one and a bunch of other folks, of course. It's uh, Agatha Christie's book, based on Agatha Christie's uh, book. But uh, Betty Davis was in the older one which was interesting. And is it uh, Maggie Smith, I think, who's in Downton Abbey? She was in that one, in the older one. <laughs> Two different storylines. It was kind of interesting. I mean, the same storyline, but different facets to it. It was interesting comparison from 2022 to 1979. But same river. They were on the Nile. Uh, Bob is with us. Good morning, Bob.
4: Yes, quickly. I uh, know you're running out of time. I don't generally agree with Mr. Rose's politics. However, I do want to compliment him on his efforts at the Clinton landfill and his efforts on behalf of our local uh, water supply relative to our uh, situation here where we get our water. I'm just wondering why he doesn't agree, however, with the people of Nebraska who try and desperately to save the Ogallala Aquifer from a dam pipeline uh, that can be built 260 miles west. I was just wondering what his comment would be on that.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, was that, was that the Keystone you're talking about? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. uh have been a good question for him, but uh, he'll be on again at some point.
4: Thank
6: you very much. Okay. Brian.
0: Thank you, Bob. Good to hear from you. Uh, 954 at DWS on so a penny for your thoughts. Scott wants to jump in here too. Hi, Scott. Hey, good morning.
5: Good morning. Hey, uh, kind of got to disagree with, uh, Mr. Rose about, uh, him saying it's not a party problem with what's going on in this state. You know, I know he's a politician and he's trying to, he's not skirting the issue. I agree with you that, but everything he explain it is a, it is a party issue. It's a Democratic party. He just explained how that party will, circumvent the rules and lie to you about uh, whatever they don't agree with you with. Because I called in earlier about how uh, when you had uh, Mr. Ammons on after the election, how how he said everything went fine. A couple little glitches here and there. Well, apparently it wasn't fine. You know, that party will not tell you the truth about anything. And like he said, I'm glad he brought up the uh, uh, rules that Mr. Ammons was able to get around to get out of prison. That was that was uh, documented through a watchdog group. But it's like the Madigans, the Pritzkers, the Ammons, they will lie. They will tell you what everything is. Like he's, Mr. Rowe said, everything's hunky-dory. No, it's not. And they won't tell you the problems because they don't want you to know the problems, and that's what I'm so frustrated about. I do mm-hmm. not trust that party with my future. I want to trust them if they told me the sky was blue, <laughs> and yes, that is the problem. <laughs> and I, you know, well, I'm, I I'm, like never... you said I don't that, and that and that's wrong on my part to be so apathetic towards the politics in this state that. That's why we're in this situation, mm. and
0: uh, yeah, you know, I, you know kind of, kind of an power. example, kind of an example of you know where if you're in power, for instance, with, with Governor Pritzker, you know, there, what Ken Griffin pulled is going to pull his business out of Illinois and go to Texas. Yeah. There's a lot of businesses that do that, uh, but if you're the governor of Illinois, you're going to say, well, I'm not going to focus on those. I'm going to talk about a group that's coming to Illinois, and he's going to trumpet that. So I mean, well, well, that may be true, but he's also overlooking the fact that a lot of people are leaving. So, but he's not—he's not, he's not going to admit a, that. So, well, that's a
5: fact. Everybody yeah. knows it. Oh, I know the it leaders is. Leaders won't tell you the truth.
0: Yeah. Well, and people can figure it out, I think, because <laughs> they—because they speak with—because they speak with their feet, is what I'm saying.
5: Well, yeah. I sp- we speak with our checkbook, and that's what they know. Mm. Why can't our leaders just tell us the truth? It's got, to, like I said, I. T- you know, well, I wouldn't believe a thing they said. I didn't believe anything when I called in last week when Amazon was on there uh, describing
0: the elections. Mm-hmm. And like I said,
5: we got we got ballots in the mail. Oh no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yes, I did.
0: Well, one and thing my uh, one thing my parents taught me is uh, if you just tell the truth all the time, you don't have to worry about what you said before.
5: <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> and so and I've tried to live my life by that. So I don't.
5: Well, they'll 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 tell you another lie. So They don't care about the truth as long as it benefits them, and that is the party's philosophy.
0: Well, that's hey, my opinion. Well, thank you, Scott. Appreciate your opinion. All okay, right. thank All you very much. Two one seven. Yeah, life is simpler when you, if you. Uh, I'm just talking in general terms here, not thinking of anybody in particular. But um, that's pretty good philosophy they taught me. <laughs> if you just tell the truth, you don't have to worry about what did I say last time. Makes life a lot easier. I can tell you that. All right, a lot of texts and emails about what Chapin's talked about, about some other things, too. Got a little bit here on the football field issue as well. We talked about it yesterday with Patrick Rouse. If you missed any of that, com. Patrick made the front page of the paper there with his wristband and all for the McKinley Field story we talked about. All right, Blake Land is our producer today. He's in his last couple of days. We'll get him on before the end of the week and thank him for all he's done for us here on Penny for Your Thoughts. So if you, uh, as you call in today, if you visit with him on the phone, wish him well uh, as he's uh, leaving us. But uh, this is his last week. But uh, WDWS Champaign-Urbana news coming up.
2: It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now here again, Brian Barnhart.
0: Hour number two of a penny for your thoughts here on this Thursday. Good to have you with us. Up uh, with you until eleven o'clock. Back tomorrow as well. I we got a string of folks. So we got uh, some some stars coming in next week. We've got uh, Paul Barrett. Our publisher of the News Gazette, Tom Bruno, Julia Reitz, Urbana Mayor Diane Marlin. Jim Dye will be in there somewhere. I don't know which day yet. I'm going to ask, I guess. First, I can't assume he's just going to come on, so we'll uh, we'll ask him and get that worked out. 217 Text line at 217 and you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Saw this editorial I'll get to here if I get a chance. Don't blame the Constitution for congressional inaction. Had a writer ask about that or write about that, about that topic. And President Biden in Israel yesterday, part of a Middle East trip to the West Bank. He'll also go to Saudi Arabia and Iran being discussed quite a bit. So you'll hear more of that from CBS coming up at the bottom and the top of the hour. All right, some texts and emails, flood of those. Let me go back here to the top here and see if I can uh, or start at the start at the top and go to the bottom or however I need to do this. Let's see, we're all over the place. All right, reaction to Chapin here. Uh, hi, Brian. I find it amusing that County Clerk Ammons asserts he had 100% accuracy in all of his elections. In actuality, he's 100% in having some of the same problems you've been discussing this morning, Rick says. I think what uh, what the clerk, when he was on with us Monday, what he was referring to, they did a, um, what is it, a random sample of a couple of different precinct machines at a precinct or whatever, and with those machines, they were 100% accurate. They had judges there to confirm that on the Republican and Democratic side, I think is what he was referring to. But uh, thank you, Rick. Appreciate your text. Hi, Brian. It's clear to me that this circuit clerk and I guess they mean the uh, county clerk, is pushing political agendas. The polling place I go to in Muhammad normally has 10 to 15 individual bo- voting booths and this primary, primary KO that was reduced down to only five. Additionally, I received a mail solicitation from Mr. Ammon's office asking me to permanently opt in to vote by mail. When I went to the polls that morning at 6.15 a.m., I could not vote because they did not have the proper software to print ballots. Mr. Ammons is a mess. That's, uh, and that was the problem that uh, the paper software to print the ballots is what uh, Nick Chapin was referring to when we were talking about that earlier. Uh, Aaron Ammons, incompetence once again suppresses votes. How is he not yanked out of office? Vote for Terrence Stuber. What day will Terrence Stuber be on the show? If you're wondering who Terrence Stuber is, he's the Republican running for Champaign County clerk and recorder of deeds. And, yes, we'll have him on. I'd be glad to have him on. Uh, my thinking is I think the early voting starts September 29th, I think, is the day I remember. So I would say sometime in September. I would think we get a little closer to the to the start of the early voting. Uh, Somewhere in there. I don't, I mean, I could have him on in July, but I don't, uh, that's, to me, that's pretty far out from the actual election day. So, Uh, yes, but I'll definitely have him on for sure. Hi, Brian. Uh, Tech says I've been an election judge for over 15 years. It's embarrassing to me and makes me look unprofessional when things don't run smoothly. This election was a mess. My printer was set incorrectly, so ballots were printing out small. This should have been ready before the election. Some computers were not set on the correct election date. All this should have been ready to go, this election judge says. Uh, Chris Evans from the Urbana City Council weighed in on our visit here during the uh, with uh, the sheriff earlier. I encourage listeners to look at the front page of today's News Gazette and read the sheriff's happy dance to the end zone about the downtown jail. As we've been saying for the last 17 years about this manufactured crisis, the downtown jail could have been repaired all along. Facilities Director Alan Reinhart recommended in 2011 the county board spend $1.8 million to repair the jail. Instead, the taxpayers have been const- constantly hoodwinked and bamboozled that the sky was falling. The driving strategy by law enforcement has been if we don't take care of it, they'll have to replace it. To illustrate how bad this taxing and spending is, ask the sheriff for how many years will the taxpayers be in debt on this $20 million project. How many millions of dollars will the taxpayers pay in finance fees on this $20 million project? So we're talking about the uh, satellite jail additions. Uh, He probably won't know. All of this has only strengthened my no vote to this entire scam. Yes, there was public input, but it was ignored. That's from Chris Evans. Urbana City Council Ward 2. All right, appreciate you weighing in, Chris. Thank you. Uh, Hi, Brian. I saw part of the video of the officers in the hallway. All of them should resign for the actions they took, especially the officer that took some time to sanitize his hands. And what they're talking about here is the video that was leaked early. They were going to show this to the families over the weekend, but a TV station down in that area got a hold of it and released it, and it shows basically the video of the officers standing around in the hallway while uh, the students were being shot. I mean, they muffled, they they took the sound out, but talking about the timeline and what they thought was going on and what was actually happening, uh, that's the video they're talking about. An assault weapon is only assault weapon when somebody uses it like that because all officers had the exact same gun the shooter had and didn't use it as an assault weapon. Also ask, Dustin, if his officers have AR 15s and if they are semi automatic or can be fully auto. Uh, let's see here. We got license readers. I think we got that one. I don't quite understand this one. How about in, at induction, you say. Oh, I see. Incarceration. You're talking about the inmates. How about at. Induction, this listener says, but I think they mean incarceration. You say any fighting will result in loss of privileges or enhanced charges. Who's running the place, they ask. Uh, Why are some guards at the Illinois Department of Corrections, the listener says, remaining on staff even after it was determined they committed serious misconduct? That's because the process that allows them to keep their job is largely shielded from the public. View 2015, Mr. Jenkins' case where four officers killed him and kept their jobs with 141 officers fired and 33 reinstated. Need to hold the guards accountable for their action. Hid from public to see the website. Okay, that got a little garbled there at the end. I'm not sure. 217 And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. A lot of people have. Uh, good morning, Brian. Here's a text. As I'm commenting on the football field issue, I went to high school in a town much larger than Champaign-Urbana, we each had practice fields that we shared with the track team and the band, but where we played games was shared by at least three high schools. The stadium was larger than the one at Eastern. Maybe there was a fight with residents, but as a teenager, we didn't have problems. Apparently, the athletic directors worked together to schedule away and home games so that we each had home games there. Yeah, I think that's what they have to do now, right, when Champaign-Central currently, when they have a home game, they play over at You know, the Tommy Stewart Field there at Centennial. And when they're on the road, then Centennial's home. That's how it works right now. Of course, when they play each other, it's a different deal. They play over there as well. Hi, Brian. Uh, Losing a memory stick of the vote of a major precinct is a pretty major compromise of our election integrity. Who knows how that vote was changed, the memory stick. Who knows how that vote was changed, that memory stick, as it sat there all night. I don't know, can you change a memory stick that's sitting in a building? I don't know how you do that. but And I know the pavil- that's where I vote, is Lake of the Woods. It's right there, the pavilion. Another text, uh, Scott, the caller, seems to believe that only the Democrats lie to us. I can tell you that both parties lie to us. They both will do whatever it takes to get reelected, Tim says. Hey, Brian, you hit the nail on the head when you said, "When a business leaves, the state Democrats state, "Oh, look, who's coming to this state where well, Republicans state why this business is leaving and how we can fix this." Oh, that happens, well, that happens all the time. The other thing I mentioned earlier was, you know, talking about what I learned as a, as a child about just telling the truth straight out. You don't have to remember what you said before. The other thing is is be humble enough to admit a mistake when you made it. Just say, "Hey, I made a mistake." But in politics, that gets hard, you know, because they don't want to, if you made a mistake publicly, then somebody plays the tape of that in the next uh, campaign, and they remind you of it. So that's always harder to do, I guess, in politics. Uh, I got a text here from Mike. He says, Chapin made it clear that voting should be easier at every level. Would like him to comment on gerrymandering to stymie the black vote. Okay, well, I mean, the gerrymandering is drawn, I think, is a political weapon. And we had a listener mention yesterday, and I double-checked their number. It was 700,000 per congressional district, and they draw the districts every 10 years. The folks in power draw them to their advantage. They either draw districts like they did with, Randy, with uh, Rodney Davis and Mary Miller to eliminate one of them, or they uh, draw them in such a way to uh, make a district that maybe was one way, make it closer, and that uh, that's been going on since the 1800s. But I don't know particularly in stymying the black vote. I'm not sure what you're what you're referring to when it comes to gerrymandering. All right, 10:20 uh, at DWS. We'll get a break in here. We'll come back with some more. Got some more texts and emails that are coming in, phone calls as well. We'll do those next. All right, we ease our way through a Thursday. We had Dustin Harmon on earlier. Chapin Rose checked in with us on the phone. A lot of reaction to what uh, Chapin had to say. Real quick, on the uh, BeefHouseRolls.com website for the Beef House, the um, Elvis, the musical, going on now. July 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I think the uh, ones for tonight, the 14th and the 17th, are sold out. 22, 23, 24. So that's Elvis the Musical over at the Beef House Dinner Theater and rocking the Ivories with uh, five keyboards, five pianos involved there. July 29, 30, 31, August 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. So make sure you check that out. A great uh, music from Little Richard, Carol King, Jerry Lee Lewis, Chrissy Sparks, Ray Charles, Elton John, Stevie Wonder, all of that. Over at the Beef House, check it out, beefhouserules.com and get, get a great meal, of course. Say hi to Bob and Bonnie Wright. The Beef House, exit 4, Covington, Indiana. Uh, a couple of texts here, then we'll jump back to the phone. Everything the Democrats, progressive socialists do is on purpose. Create chaos in every aspect of our lives, public safety, elections, health care, economy, education, etc. Come to us with a solution, which is the central federal government that controls everything. Remember this is on purpose. They're not being stupid or incompetent. Everything is going as planned, the texture says. And another one on the Castle Heating and Cooling Text line says I tried to vote at Bible Baptist Church on election day, but I was denied. I have lived at the same address since nineteen eighty and have voted over the years. I suppose he I suspect he tampered with my registration since I have consistently voted Republican over the years. Hammond's attempts to suppress Republican votes every chance he gets. Yeah, I don't know why you were denied, though. You might tell me why you were denied. What What did they tell you? I don't quite understand that. All right, 1024, we got the news headlines coming up here. Tiny is with us. Hello, sir. Well, I've been
4: listening to you since you started this morning and then I heard you're Chapin on early.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And I've been wondering, as much as I think of Chapin and everybody else thinks of him, where are we are going to build a statue of him? Is it going to be in Urbana at the courthouse or some kind of place in Champaign?
0: <laughs> you want to build a statue for right. him, huh? That's not funny. I mean yeah. it. No, I, know. I, I know you mean it. Chapin I'm, uh, Rose.
4: I've called up about Chapin Road before he's... He's, he's an honor to Stanley Weaver. He's an honor to Senator Peters. He's 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 just as good as old boys ever were. He might even be better than them. But I tell you what, old Chaffany whenever he comes on, he bets a thousand. Now Pete Rose bets a thousand, just to give you an idea of where I stand with him. I got you. One other thing, I, a couple other things I'd like to mention. We're sending barrels of money over Ukraine—fifty some billion, am I correct? Near that.
0: Yeah, I don't know the uh, I don't know the number, but it's a lot. You're right.
4: No accountability whatsoever for it. We're sending it to, according to all of my information the crookedest government in the world not just in st joe the world and i think i'm right on that one
0: well there's there's a lot of crooked there's a lot of crooked ones out there but yes ukraine has had some issues yes yep
4: and i i i i'm reluctant to say anything about why they're sending it but I'm, I'm not for getting too involved over there, as I've said before. I mm-hmm. I don't want one drop of American blood shed in that country. Not one drop. And we're getting closer and closer all the time. And Biden said yesterday, somebody asked him how long he's going to support him, and he said forever. Well, Russia's playing us and like a fiddle and him like a fiddle. You know, it's just... We uh, we constantly were uh, just looking for places to get into a war if you're a Democrat, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't like it. Nope. I don't like it one bit, and I don't like Biden sending over barrels, not gallons. I have heard guys say they that he sent over gallons of gas to China. Well, he sent barrels of gas over there, mm-hmm. and that was out of our reserves. That for our defense of our country that was almost full but now it's uh, he's working on it.
0: Yep. And I, uh, All right. Got, well, I got go, I got to get to the news here but thank you sir. Appreciate oh, okay. pre- appreciate All you. Right. Thank you. 1027 75 degrees here at uh, NewsTalk 1400 DWS. I want a penny for your thoughts. Uh, we've got, uh, let's do the uh, Bloomberg Money Minute here, uh, Blake, and then we'll get to the news uh, right after that. But first, uh, this break with the Money Minute and then more. Saw <music> so an interesting editorial here. It says, don't blame the Constitution for congressional inaction. Writing for The Atlantic, David French lamented that the Constitution, quote, isn't working because Congress refuses to do its job. What if Congress simply doesn't do anything, French asked. Well, the answer to that is quite simple. If Congress doesn't do anything, then nothing is done. (laughs) In his piece, the uh, French highlighted two recent Supreme Court decisions, a court striking down regulations from the EPA affirming President Joe Biden was able to reverse the Remain in Mexico policy. Through the EPA ruling and others, including Biden's Occupational Safety and Health Administration vaccine mandate, and former President Trump's attempts to add to the 2020 census, the Supreme Court is rightly skeptical of the executive branch using powers that it does not have. According to French, it says that means a dangerous game is afoot. The Supreme Court is telling Congress to do its job and insisting the role can't be filled by the president or his executive agencies. And French writes, uh, this this is a problem because Congress has devolved into a collection of partisan foot soldiers. The executive branch has only been responding to serious and problematic congressional inaction. As French notes, the Supreme Court can deny the president additional power, but it cannot force Congress to do its work. That is correct, this writer says, the editorial. The nine justices of the Supreme Court cannot force Congress to work. But another group of people who can go unmentioned, who go unmentioned in his piece, can. Voters. If voters do not approve of the job their elected representatives are doing, they can send them home and elect someone who better represents them. If people want their members of Congress to respond to, quote, legitimate concerns about climate change, they will elect them to do so. If not, enough members of Congress have been elected to act, then nothing will be done. There are plenty of problems with the American system. Chief among them, the nationalization of our politics To the point that people demand Congress or the executive branch impose one size fits all solutions on the country. Legislative inaction itself is a course of action by the legislator, not a license for the executive branch to begin making laws. The executive branch not being able to do so, I'm sorry, the executive branch not being able to do Congress's job is not one of those problems. And the Supreme Court preventing it from doing so does not mean the Constitution is failing. I thought that was a pretty good summary. (laughs) I like that. So the editorial commenting on Mr. French's article for The Atlantic. And uh, the Supreme Court can deny the president additional power, but it cannot force Congress to do its work. And that's Congress's job, and it's not supposed to be executive action, and it's not supposed to be this and that. It's supposed to be the Congress represented by the people and if the people don't like what they've got, they throw them out. That's the way it's set up. It's supposed to work anyway. When you uh, short-circuit that, you have problems. All right, 1032. Uh, let's do a break here first, uh, Blake, and then we'll come back to the uh, our other portion of our program back in a moment. Anybody seen those uh, pictures from the um, telescope out there that they've been sending out in the deep space? Boy, that's way, way out there. It just makes you realize how uh, small we are. I mean, as far as the Earth, I mean, the Earth is just one part of a huge, huge that we can't even begin to fathom galaxy. And the multiple galaxies. And the pictures coming back are just spectacular. I just like, wow. From the um from the telescope out there, whatever it is they're they're getting that from. Pretty good stuff. All right. Uh Texter says, let's see here. Good morning, Brian. Just wanted to tell Tiny not to worry about the billions we're sending to Ukraine. Sleepy Joe's brother and Hunter's companies will be dispersing all the billions of tax money. We sent to them, hi, Brian, I think a Big Ten football sweep this year will make us all feel better. Go Illini. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about being undefeated, I guess, right? Is it what do you mean by sweep? Oh, sure. Starts with the uh, Wyoming here in what? How many days are we down to now? 40 or so? 42, 43 days, I think. 3 o'clock on that Saturday afternoon. It's an interesting schedule when you look at it, just the times and the days we play. I think there's a game with Wyoming on Saturday at 3, which is an odd start time. There's a game at Indiana on a Friday night. There's another game, I think, that starts somewhere in there at 7.30, and there's a game that's on a Thursday night with Chattanooga in those first uh, three or four games. 10.36. 10.36. Regarding Mr. French's commentary, try voting Durban and most Democrats out of office in Illinois or blue states. He can't be that naive. Well, I think his is I thank you for the text by the way. I think the larger point that this editorial was commenting on Mr. French's article is that it's not the Supreme Court's job to tell Congress what to do. I mean, they're you know, it, it they're supposed to rule on things that come to them and whether they're constitutional or not. But they, it's not they're not a, a super legislative body. It's the job of the of the legislature, just in a general sense, just from a what we learned in eighth grade social studies class. I mean, it's the it's the job of the legislature to come up with the laws, and then the people that are voting for them to either vote for them or vote them out. Now, I understand you've got gerrymandering and you've got districts that are almost impossible to win. And I think we gave the stat yesterday how few races are actually competitive when it comes to the House of Representatives. There's just a handful. It was a 10 or 12 percent of them, I think. I understand that side of it, too. I'm just saying that the general principle, people want the... What Mr. French was arguing, ultimately in his column that these folks were commenting on, was the Constitution doesn't just doesn't work anymore. It's like, what are you talking about? Is was the examiner's uh, commentary t- in response to that. Ten thirty eight at DWS on a penny for your thoughts, and you can't you're not supposed to have presidents just willy nilly making, you know, and some of them push the envelope on the executive orders. Uh, they don't, you know, they push it out a little further or I do a lot more of this and I'm going to change that and whatever. But, you know, that's that's pushing the envelope, as they say. And they can give you all kinds of political reasons why they can or why they should. I'm just saying that's the way it's supposed to work. We learned that. I learned that in, um, was it Mrs. Carroll, I think, was my eighth grade social studies teacher. It's pretty basic. Uh, Mark. Good morning. Uh,
6: I was commenting about uh, Councilmember Evans and his comments uh, concerning the downtown jail. Mm-hmm. From the time that jail was built in the 1980s, it was too small to replace the one which is now sits uh, where the courthouse sits. And so for Urbana to somehow think that they can uh, laud over the rest of the county, uh, Mr. Evans, I noted, was elected by 300 300- people if my memory serves uh, a very small portion of the of the entire county population it's my taxes and it's the safety of the correctional officers that um he seems to be uh forgetting about that i i, I find it disheartening that the woke folks on the city of urbana uh city council who are anti-police anti-incarceration um You know, these are the folks that, and when Mayor Marlin comes on next week, I'll ask her about banned vehicle stops, except in certain areas of of, uh, Urbana. And how did that work for them? Not well. In fact, now it's my understanding that uh, vehicle stops can be done anywhere. And we've seen in the paper this morning the fact that in the city of Champaign, um, maybe it's coincidence, maybe it's not, since the new chief has come in, 22 guns have been seized. Uh, in the past thirty days, so when Mr. Evans talks about oh, this, that, and the other, that you know we were doing the right thing, he really wasn 't um, You had two separate jails where you had to have staffing by two separate groups of individuals uh from the corrections Department. They had to be supervised. you have to pay air conditioning and the uh, associated costs with that. It was ridiculous from the very beginning that we had an annex or a satellite and then we had a downtown jail. So Mr. Uh, Evans's short sighted uh comments and and vote the other night, thankfully there were four uh council members who saw the uh the illogic in in, in keeping the downtown jail open. And I and I question I remember years ago I know him you know, sort of on a different tangent, but years ago, the, the uh, state of uh, or the government, federal government said, we're building a post office out here. And Urbana said, well, no, 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 you can't build out there. You need to have a building permit. And the federal government said, go away. And I'm just wondering, why does this, the county, which supersedes the, the, the city, have to ask the city's permission to build a county building? in urbana that to me is counterintuitive where you know if the county wants to build it let them build it Hmm. let them meet state state building codes instead you know he's going to stand on this uh hill and and say well we'll keep it open the sheriff um and not only this sheriff but the previous sheriffs have all said that the building was in it was it was uninhabitable it was dangerous it was you know, impossible to staff, and yet Mr. Evans, who probably hasn't spent a moment in a squad car, suddenly knows all there is to know about
0: corrections
6: and law enforcement. And so I really have a trouble with that. Hmm. I really do.
0: Very good. Hey, thank you, you, Mark. I
6: hope you you have him on the air sometime.
0: Hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, One thing I will say in in regards to, uh, you know, what, what i'm always intrigued by is the arguments that people make and and that's fine they they can they can make their arguments and you know when it comes to money and we saw this a little bit with the mohammed school vote uh, the school district referendum and it was lopsided no i mean they it wasn't close a lot a uh, lot further apart than i thought but i've always thought that the the people that are arguing against uh, the money. And that's fine. I mean, uh, in Muhammad's case, it was, hey, maybe we need to think about doing this differently or that differently. Or, as uh, Chris pointed out in his email, you know, years ago we had a referendum for whatever it was for $1.5 million they were asking for uh, for the jail, $1.8, whatever it was. Um, I'm always interested, you know, the the arguments go back and forth. You can argue about, well, this should have been done and then that could have been done. But if you're the sheriff... And you work there every day, and you got to deal with it. All the politicians and all the other folks can argue among themselves, but they don't work there. (laughs) You know, all of us can argue about whether this building should be built in a school district or not, but if you're a teacher, you have to work in that building, and so it affects you directly. And I think sometimes we forget that. We get caught up in all the arguments about it, but the people that actually are acting, you know, there's real life where the rubber meets the road. Something either has to be done or you got to figure out a solution because it goes on. The, the students aren't going to quit coming. And I, I just always, I'm just talking about the general, I'm not siding with one side or the other. I'm just trying to make a point that it is interesting to me as a political observer and as an observer of these kind of things. How what gets lost sometimes is the people that actually I mean the 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 project has to go on. The teaching has to go on, the jailing of inmates has to go on. And we can argue about how much money should have been spent or this or that we shoulda done woulda have, coulda have, shoulda, have. and the problem is we gotta live in the day here and now, what do we do now? That's always kind of my philosophy on it. Okay, if you're not gonna do this, then give me an answer. ten forty five. At DWS, what about uh, games? British Open is going on. Let's see what our buddy Brent Musburger has to say with his guys in the desert. Here you go. 1048 on a penny for your thoughts on Talk 1400, DWS, 93.9 FM. The Folks at Ryan Dallas Real Estate need to move your home quickly or get into a new home. They can do either one for you. So make sure you reach out to them. Ryan Dallas, RE.com is the website. 833-595-SOLD. Don't leave money on the table. Voted number one year after year in the News Gazette's People's Choice Awards. We just wrapped up the voting for that. We should have some results on that. Don't know if we use memory sticks or not for that. (laughs) Just mentioning discussion earlier, but no, we have uh, we have the voting. We had uh, it was six. I mean, it was a hundreds hundred thousand plus votes. I forget the exact. Grant can probably tell me what the exact number is of votes we got for all the different businesses. So thank you for that, and we'll be with those results over time here. But Ryan Dallas Real Estate's made uh, selling and buying my home easy, they say. If there was a slightest issue, they had a solution. They've served nearly 400 families already here in 2022. We'll get some updated numbers because I'm guessing they've already hit that number. But uh, reach out to them and uh, see why they're always voted number one when it comes to this category, Ryan Dallas Real Estate. Uh, Mark said Urbana City Council hates the police. Actually, the Urbana City Council, this is an email, unanimously approved a $12 million budget for Urbana Police in 2021. The council also approved a budget amendment that gave the police department $60,000 in handheld radios. Also in 2021, by a 5-2 majority vote, council approved the new FOP contract that gave officers about a 3% raise every year from 2020 to 2023. Council also unanimously approved the reappointment of police, uh, police command staff, including lieutenants. In 2022, the Urbana City Council approved a 12, unanimously approved $12,360,000 budget for the police department. Also in 22, uh, the council unanimously approved creating a new position within the police department for a digital forensic specialist. Council also approved new intelligence analyst position. This is a long email, so I'm hitting the highlights here. The council unanimously approved active bystandership for law enforcement, ABLE training for all officers to help with officer wellness, reduce misconduct and mistakes. This training and the two new positions would come from the American Rescue Plan money. Also, council unanimously approved a part-time evidence custodian position to help with the maintenance of physical and digital evidence. This position would be paid for from funds derived from Urbana, eliminating the animal control position. Also in 2022, the Urbana City Council unanimously approved the placement of school resource officers in the middle school and high school for the next three years. So whatever, quote, hatred of the police the Urbana City Council might have may not be as much as imagined. All right, appreciate that. At uh, talk at com. 1052. Hi, Brian. You just played Brent Musburger. Makes me wonder how many of the legendary broadcasters you have met or talked with. Could you mention some you've met? Sure. Yeah. Met, uh, met Brent years ago. He always called me kiddo. How you doing, kiddo? <laughs> Made me feel younger, but uh, Brent's a great guy. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Tim Brando, who we've had on here, and I know Scott had him on recently. Gotten to know Tim a little bit. Uh, Kevin Harlan. Talked to him while we were in Pittsburgh, had a chance to visit with him. He, He's a regular radio listener to our games. Kevin's on about everything these days. Uh, Joe Buck, I used to have on the air with me in the minor leagues when he was in Louisville, Kentucky with a Cardinals AAA affiliate. Used to throw him on with me and do some innings with uh, with Joe. I haven't talked to him in several years. Uh, Dan McLaughlin's a friend from the Cardinals. Uh, TV broadcaster with the Cardinals, uh, John Rooney, known John Rooney for several years. I've never met personally Len Casper, uh, uh, but I really enjoy his work. I had uh, in Oklahoma City when I was in the minor leagues, we had a spring training game. They always came somewhere right before they went north, and they came to Oklahoma City one year, and I was in the booth, was on with Jack Buck and Mike Shannon. So that was pretty memorable. Uh, Vin Scully. I remember talking to Vin when I was with the Angels, and uh, it was funny. I can tell you a quick story about that when I first met Vin. First of all, Vin is one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. Uh, he is fantastic. Just per- He's so friendly and a big smile and acts like he's known you his whole life, which in someone of his position, uh, you know, I'm sure he meets a lot of people. Still does. But uh, Vin, I remember comparing notes. He was, hey, Brian, tell me about your team you know, about the Angels. And so here I'm giving all this information on the Angels to Vin Scully, and I'm thinking the whole time I better get this right because Vin Scully's going to use it. <laughs> so we cross-pay. He wouldn't remember me now, but uh, but certainly uh, got to meet Vin. I'm trying to think. Uh, Charlie Steiner, met him at the Sugar Bowl several years ago. Um, it, it's been very, you know, it's been a real blessing, real fortunate just being able to cross paths with a lot of these folks, Bill Raftery, always enjoy meeting Bill and talking to him. And, uh, who was it? Uh, Mike Tirico got to meet Mike a little bit. Uh, I know he was, a, of course he hosts everything now on, uh, all the networks, ABC, NBC, whatever, wherever he is now. But, uh, Mike Tirico, I know when he was doing games on ESPN, he would routinely drive across Big Ten country and he was a radio guy. He'd tune in and listen to all the games. He'd... He'd make a point to come over and, and talk to me. I didn't have to go over to him. So uh, those, are, those are just really cool people you get to meet uh, along the way. I'm just trying to think of any others. Uh, the uh, late, great Ernie Harwell, what a gentleman he was for the Tigers. Got to meet him at Tiger Stadium years ago. Nice a man as you'll meet. Got to think about it. Bobby Mercer was a great player, uh, but he eventually became one of my bosses in Oklahoma City. Somebody asked Keith Jackson. Uh, I don't know if, did I meet Keith? I might have shaken his hand once. I don't think I, I talked to him. Funny story about Keith Jackson. If you go to the broadcast booth in Lincoln, Nebraska, where the home of the Cornhuskers, the facility there, there's a little, in the TV booth, there's a little bathroom there. And it's named the Keith Jackson restroom. <laughs> so it's it's kind of interesting. But uh, I haven't uh, I don't know if I ever really talked to Keith at all. Of course, Brent, uh, Kirk Herb Street, uh, Jay Billis. He's been in town. I don't know. It's one of the cool things about the job that uh, you do get to meet a lot of these folks. And so I hope that answers your question. Probably more that I've left off that I can't remember off the top of my head. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217 Oh, I know, uh, Mike Hale's favorite broadcaster with the Chiefs, uh, Mitch Holtus. Uh, Mitch is a good friend of Brad Underwood because uh, Mitch was the voice of the K-State Wildcats when Brad was playing for K-State. So it was cool to visit with Mitch when I get a chance to run across him. Occasionally he'll do the uh, Bragging Rights game. does a lot of games in the Missouri Valley on TV. 217-356-9397. Roofs by Roger, if you need some roof work done, make sure you reach out to uh, the folks at Roofs by Roger. Go to the website, Roofs by Roger, R O D G E R. And the great folks there, they've got great people that will initially help you with whatever you need when you make that initial contact. They've got a payment plan that you can work out too, and they won't require you to pay till the job is done. So Roof's by Roger, way to go. We'd recommend them. He's been in business himself for 46 years. Company's been in business, Roger Ochiltree I'm talking about, for 35-plus years. Not a storm-chasing company either. They're a longtime pillar in the community work with the insurance companies, can give your house a facelift. The number is 217-834-3800, 217-834-3800, Roofs by Roger. And I've told this story before when I speak to different groups, but the other guy I met who wound up being famous for a different type of broadcasting was a young man that was in Oklahoma City. I did cable TV with him when I was doing some cable TV games. On Cox Cable in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and doing the games for Oklahoma City University, an NAIA school down there, and they had this young guy come and uh, stay with, uh, come on the air with me. Said, "Hey, can you help this guy learn the business?" So yeah, sure. Good-looking young guy came on. We did the games for a couple of years together. He went on to do TV sports in Oklahoma City. Then I lost track of him. He wound up in Los Angeles. I was in Los Angeles or near there doing the Angel Games. He wound up doing some shows out there, some horse racing shows, et cetera. And the next thing I know, he's the host of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, which would be Chris Harrison, who uh, got who uh, stepped down from that position here in the last year or so. But uh, Chris is one of those that I got to know. And it's, it's funny who you run across in this business. And I've got VHS proof that he and I were on the air together. And, of course, he's a multimillionaire now, I guess. But uh, kind of fun. All right, hope that answered your question. We're at uh, 1059 at News Talk 1400, DWS, on a penny for your thoughts. Back tomorrow with some more open line time. And we'll get you your thoughts on all the local, state, and national news, international news as well. CBS coming up at the top of the hour. Talk to you tomorrow on Friday, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.